Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out. Thank you to Fly Racing. Well, hello. It sounds like we have the most awesome reverb ever going on right now. Uh, it's it's probably the '80s. Uh, 80s, the 80s episode that Stephen has going on right now. We're trying to figure it out. That's okay. It's fun for me. I'm going to go with it. I think it's it's fantastic. Uh, so this is episode 87. For those of you guys who have absolutely no idea who I am, I'm Brian Pierce. I'm the host of this show. We've got Stephen uh, behind the board just being awesome, You know, rocking a cool beard and making sure buttons get pushed, I guess, in the correct order. Uh, that's kind of the way it happens. So seat time, we talk about off-road news that goes on in the world, um, either the world, the nation. We just like to have fun with it. We have a, a fun guest tonight, which we're going to introduce in just a quick second before we get to him. Obviously, I'd like to say thank you very much to our sponsors, uh, Fly Racing, doing a great job, motocross, off-road apparel, uh, and a huge, huge hard parts. They're making a big push there. really appreciate that. Squarespace, of course. If you guys haven't heard of Squarespace, go check them out. Best way to make an exceptional website and only have to worry about the content. Everything else is done for you. It's fantastic. You get discount code SEATTIME5, and then, of course, Powersport Graphics, so RidePG.com. Please go check them out. Discount code is seat time. All fun ways to save you money because, uh, you know, who likes spending a lot of money? I mean, really. That's why you support people like us, and that way you get discount codes and you have a good time with it. But other people that have been having a good time in the world is people like Nick Burson. Now, Nick, I may have just totally botched your last name. Did I screw it up? Uh, that time you didn't. Damn it. I could have <laughs> tried. Yeah, a lot of people do. <laughs> Really? How, so, how do people typically, uh, you know, when they when they pronounce your last name, how do they typically uh, say it? A lot, a lot of people put an L in it, Burleson. That's because they think you're like related to like you know they, Dick Burleson, I guess. I get that a lot too. If I'm his son, <laughs> you're like no, it's Burson, not Burleson. You know, it's like you know, it's all it's all English. We screw yeah. it up every now and again. And it's we're, whatever. We're on different coasts, also. <laughs> That's very true. So you're you're a West Coast guy. From all the information that I can find scrounging up about you on the internet, uh, it, you're yeah, it's where you live. You live in the West Coast. You live in Cali, and that's what you've been doing your entire life. So we, we could talk about, obviously, race results, all that kinds of fun stuff in a little bit. But just, yeah, give us your backstory, like where you live, where you're from, and how you kind of got into uh, riding you know, badass dirt bikes. Um, I was born and raised in Ridgecrest, California, which is the middle of the Mojave Desert. Huh. Uh, uh, they have National Hare and Hound about 10 minutes from my house in Red Mountain, California. Okay. So grew up, my dad owned a motorcycle shop uh, when I was growing up. was born into it. Just been riding since I was three years old, racing pretty much full-time since I was nine. And actually grew up racing motocross until I was about 18. And then started doing the work series and then just transitioned over into desert and been doing that now for almost 10 years. Wow. So when you were three years old, did you actually ride with training wheels, or were you just so badass that you didn't need them? Uh, I think I had to use them, actually. <sighs> Look at you. Yeah. I'd imagine with hair like that, you've just been a badass your whole life. Uh, still trying. Yeah? That's why yeah. you've got hair like that, right? You're like, yeah. I'm making up for it. It's cool. I had to do something. I hear that. <laughs> no, it's kind of fun. I always like it when... Uh, well, one of the big things is that you try to do a Google search on somebody. You know, like, oh, Nick Burson. Um, you know, you get a lot of different pictures and obviously sometimes they're really up to date or sometimes they're really not. So it's interesting to see, like, you're kind of like, I've never seen this person, you know, either live at this moment. I've no idea what he looks like right now. So you're like, is he the guy with the short hair? 
or is it the guy with the long hair? You know, it's like, how much fun is this guy going to be? You know, so it's interesting. Yeah, first time I've had the long hair, but it seems to be working. I've been having a good year, so I might have to keep it. I think so. I mean, yeah, they, you have had a really, really good year. You're third place right now in the National Hair and Hound standings, uh, right behind Jacob Augerbright and uh, Kirk Caselli, who's in first, which everybody knows is very, 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 very large man crush of mine. That's fine. <laughs> it, it's, it's what happens. But uh, he had an unfortunate incident at Baja this past weekend, apparently hurting his wrist. So I don't know how that's going to come into play, but you guys only have like one round left, right, for the Hare and Hound? Uh, yeah, we have three rounds left. We have oh, three. One in, I'm an yeah, idiot. One in July, uh, August, and October. But I also heard Kurt is actually okay, so that's good to hear. Yeah, it, it was really interesting. You hear a lot of stuff, I think, about like a broken wrist and this, that, the other. So, you know, I haven't had a chance to text him. Not that he'd respond. I mean, I have his number, so I just send him messages, and you know, once yeah. in a blue moon, I get a message back. <laughs> uh, one of my really good friends, who I grew up with, Ryan Abatoy, rode down to Mexico with him, and I guess he went to the hospital to get checked out, and everything's fine. So nice. Well, yeah, and uh, your buddy Ryan was actually on a team with Kendall Norman down there at Baja, wasn't he? Yeah. And they yeah. they wound up third, right? Yeah, third overall. They were just two man team, and uh, they went to pretty much just ride a smooth race and finish, and came out third. That's pretty awesome. Well, I think that they uh, they did that. I, I think going to Baja, it seems like with the KTM guys having so much, oh, the, the KTM, some people call it the A-team. I don't really refer to it as that. Kendall Norman and uh, your buddy Ryan Abatoy, they could have gone out there and kicked ass. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's nothing to say that they couldn't. Um, so it's just bad luck on some guys' parts with the, you know, with the, the team, the uh, KTM team that Caselli and Brown and Ramirez were on. It's not, you know, Caselli going down, Brown trying to make up some ground. Uh, the Honda guys getting by at that point, and then the THR Kawasaki guys as well. Uh, wrecks all over the place, it sounded like. It didn't sound like too many people stayed on the bike, unfortunately, uh, with Pearson and one of their other riders going down. So have you ever had a chance to do Baja, have, to make it into the uh, 250, 500, or 1,000? Yeah, in 2008, I raced the 1,000 with uh, Brent Harden and Ryan Penhall, and I think we ended up third overall. So I've got to say I've done it. it yeah. Yeah, it was good. I like I love going down there. I haven't had a chance to race again down there, but we're in talks to do it maybe next year. You'll see a beta team down there. What? No shit. Yeah, we're trying to put details together and talk. We're talking back and forth with people and beta and see what we can get going on. That's hot. I just had um, Jason Connell. We had uh, some of the J-Day Rippers from the East Coast on last week, and they, Jason Connell was asking me when I told him that you were going to be on the show, he wanted to know when they were going to see some betas on the East Coast at the J-Day series. So if you're in talks with some of the beta guys, obviously, do you, do you have you heard anything about uh, uh, maybe some riders out there next year? I know. I just know they have their one guy out there, uh, I think Justin Sode. Right who does the GNCC and some of the other races. I'm not sure. I'm kind of I, – I pay attention to that stuff a little bit, but I don't really know what it, what is all going on out there. That's okay. Yeah, I've seen Justin as well. Uh, we talked a couple times. I think it was 2011 uh, and then 2012. We talked to some of the – specifically at the muddy-ass National Enduro in Arkansas. I was like, dude, what's up with the beta? And he was telling me about it and everything. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm just glad to see that you're not on a trials bike for this enduro because that would be weird. So Yeah. <laughs> but you're on the 498. So that is a boss of a bike. So betas, um, for those of you who are kind of like, oh, that might sound kind of familiar. Why does it maybe sound familiar? 
right now, Max Gersten and Cody Webb are making kind of a really big name um, for Stillwell Power Sports and, and Beta, the Beta Motorcycles, with the 300 two-stroke in the Enduro Cross Series and as well the 350. But you, sir, are on the 498, which is like, I mean, that's a, that's a man's bike. You don't F around with that kind of thing. So why did you pick that? <laughs> um, just everything we do is, you know, wide open uh, out here on the West Coast. Most, of, I mean, the National Renowns get super tight, but the first loop of them is uh, pretty much flat out. I mean, it's rough. And, and then the best in the deserts that we do is a lot of roads, and you just need you need that much power. Huh. Well, that's pretty crazy. Um yeah, uh, so when it was that a bike that you were able to choose, or was that a bike that was you know kind of I guess prescribed to you in a sense when it came down to what bike you were going to ride for Beta? Um, we had the option of four fifty or four ninety eight, and I rode both. Uh-huh. And actually, uh, just four ninety eight just feels like the Beta four fifty with just a little extra power. Okay, so it doesn't almost it doesn't feel like a like a hog or a torque machine or anything. It just, just actually feels like it has a big board yeah. kit on it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, that's pretty much all it is. Same, same, everything, just a little bigger bore. Nice. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, it was interesting talking with Max, uh, and, and Cody, they've talked about those bikes, uh, you know, multiple occasions and they love them. Um, it, it's been great to see the name that beta has been getting. Uh, I think guys like gas gas, um, and some other uh, European brands would also like to be getting that kind of fame. But I think that there's a reason. I, I have not ridden a beta, so I have no uh, actual rider judgment at this point. But it just seems like, in this case, maybe they're doing a better job at putting a bike out there and putting the right riders on them and uh, finding a way to market them correctly. Um, or it's a better bike. I don't know. That's just the, the way I could look at it and make an opinion and talk nonsense. So, I don't know. Yeah, you know they've been really good for me this year. And I actually rode the 300 for the past week, the two-stroke. Yeah. Oh, at the big six. That's right. The picture of you on Verb Off-Road was the picture of you on that two-stroke. Yeah. I, uh, we're going to race the 12 and 24-hour on a 300 two-stroke. And so I had it down at my house and just decided that I was going to race it for the weekend just for fun. And it was actually really good. Nice. Well, uh, so biggest – I mean – now it's a it's a two stroke. I don't know the last time you rode a two stroke, especially a three hundred. What's the you know? Does it feel like it's oh it's so new? It's a two thousand thirteen. Like it's got so much technology, or does it just just feels like a beta with a awesome normal two stroke engine? Um yeah, I mean the last time I really rode two stroke was two thousand five, so it felt you know it, it doesn't have the exact power of a four fifty. You know you have to ride it. It's a two stroke, and but it felt really good and never had any problems with it and a power. I mean, I was second or third, I think, in every start against a line of 450s. Nice. Well, um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the big six because I personally don't know much about this series. Uh, Meg Blackburn and I, when uh, we've talked about this a little bit, um, and as well, Jacob Augerbright, I know that they kind of try to make it out to some of those races every now and again. So tell us a little bit about the big six series and how that series kind of works and where maybe it kind of you know takes, takes, takes part on the West Coast. Um, it's... It's similar to a work series, you know, it's it's like a Grand Prix. They okay. usually or have it at a track and then throw in some off-road. Um, it's put on by District 37, so who does all the local desert series on the West Coast. Right. And they added the new West Coast Pro Race, trying to make uh, like a pro race on Saturday for the big manufacturers to come out. And then, yeah, I mean, it ranges from, it's just a classes from everyone. 
and it's a really good series. I've been I'm not being able to do all of them this year, but in years past, it used to be one of the main series that I chased. Yeah, and it, it seems like that was uh, when looking at kind of your results on the Pervine Racing site, it seemed like there was a lot of uh, District 36 and a lot of other uh, like you know obviously the big West Coast uh, uh, AMA series out there that that go on. So you've been doing that for a long time, and so it's not it's not a big surprise that you're doing so good on the national hare and hound series. Um, but what is it like going up against, you know, the, the likes of like a Kurt Caselli and, and some of the other guys that are just out there and it's so fast and the bomb run is just so batshit crazy. I mean, I don't, I don't okay. get it, but that's cause I'm a, I'm a wuss. That's fine. Um, so just <laughs> how is that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the starts are usually my weakness too. That race, you know, everyone hangs it out so much in the beginning and it's kind of hard for me to do, but I mean, Kurt's another beast himself just trying to break bridge the gap. I think we're all getting a little closer, but it's still not enough. Uh, but we're just, just out there, and I try not to ride over my head and just finish in the top three or four every race and see where I'm at at the end of the year. That's pretty much what I've been trying to do all year. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, at third place right now with the points, you're doing a fantastic job getting there. Uh, what's what's 2014 looking like? When we were talking a little bit with some of the people on uh, Facebook today through our little seat time page, which is facebook.com slash seat time if you want to go check it out um we got a couple questions and one of the questions was actually do you have a contract for 2014 with beta now since you guys are talking about doing some racing next year it sounds like that that would be the case um yeah i mean we don't have anything official uh the team i'm actually contracted with pervines racing right it's ron pervines out of las vegas okay and he has a contract with beta so i'm I pretty much have like a verbal contract with him for next year. So, and it looks like he's been talking, he does all the talking with beta and you know, the, our main sponsors. So I just kind of go through him, but it looks like all is a go for next year for at least what we're doing now. And like I said, we're maybe trying to put a Baja effort together. That's so cool. That's, that's neat to see that it's really, I know it's uh, from having friends do it and then watching a lot of the bigger teams try to put it together. Obviously it is no easy feat. It costs a lot of money to make all that kinds of stuff happen. Um, and in, and in, and when everybody seems to blame things on the economy, uh, you know, you guys are trying to put together a Baja effort. I think that's, uh, that's awesome to see that, you know, you guys are being able to, to get enough sponsors to put that kind of stuff together. Um, and when it comes to sponsors, obviously we have to always thank the people that help us produce this show. And one of those fantastic people for us is Fly Racing. I don't know if you noticed in our uh-huh. awesome uh, 80s, 80s intro because uh, Steven found a way to put in some freaky reverb in there and make it all awesome. Um, was uh, Our title sponsor is Fly Racing. So you can go check them out at flyracing.com. So what does Fly Racing do? They make some of the best motocross and off-road apparel out there, um, especially, I think, when it comes to the summer gear. In my opinion, the summer gear is just the best stuff out there. It is, it is, it's, it's all mesh in the, in the jersey, but it's a very thin mesh and a thick mesh where it needs to be. So thin mesh where it needs to be a little bit stronger and a thicker mesh or vice versa that. You know, it's a thick, strong mesh in the places where it could get torn and cut, like on the sleeves and on the chest, and then it's a little bit more thin underneath in the arms and in the armpits, help you breathe. And, of course, the the pants, super thin in the sense that they breathe extremely well. Uh, they hold up to all the rip tears and crazy stuff, especially that you find in Texas with mesquite trees and all that stuff. It's really fun to you know go like 50 miles an hour and then stand up, and then it just feels like your crotch has an air conditioning unit. Um, I really think that that's pretty much one of the better times I could have on a motorcycle. 
wearing fly racing gear and because of the fact that they're absolutely awesome and support great people so go check them out go check out all their gear that they have to offer even if you are a motocross guy off-road guy if you're looking for hard parts they have uh, those as well they've been doing a really big push there uh, with wps so obviously we really appreciate their support of seat time couldn't do it without them steven high fives them i high five them and we're going to keep talking about some of the other stuff that has been going on. So we could talk a little about Baja this past week and some of the results that happened there. Uh, were you surprised with Honda getting the win? Um, I don't know. I think everyone kind of counts them out every year because maybe... <laughs> I, th- I think you're right. <laughs> the last couple of years, they don't... Everyone... They see all the big names coming on the other teams, but you know, every year Honda still is winning. So you can't beat uh, the program they have over there, you know? I don't think right now with the... It's hard to beat. Yeah. Well, what do you think it is that they might – I mean, you're a desert racer, so I think you're much more in tune with that that setup than someone like myself from Texas. So what do you think that they're doing different um, that might be putting them – you know, might be giving them an edge that people just don't expect them to have? Um, I just think it's maybe preparation or not even preparation, just experience. Uh, you know, Johnny's been down there so much. They have all the pits. They have everything ready where the riders kind of don't have to worry about anything. And then their bike down there is I probably one of the best bikes down there. You know, it's the that forty X they have is built for Baja. Right. And you know, and then I mean there it's not like their riders I mean Colton has been going last year he passed at the thousand, I believe he passed both the Robbie and the KTM team from behind in the first couple hundred miles. It's crazy fast sons of bitches. I don't I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. Um, but you said you haven't done Baja in a while. You're hoping to do it next year. So say that comes to fruition, and you get to be on a Baja team for next year. Um, what do you change from what you do now to then what you try to do in a situation like that where you know you're attacking you know, these, these extremely long, uh, high-speed high events? Um, mainly just get down there as early as you can and pre-run. You okay, know? so yeah, just, it, it, it seems that we've been learning a lot about that. That you know, you see a lot of videos now, and I think it's way more important to pre-run than I think a lot of people have have understood in those yeah, situations. Yeah, used. I mean, now I guess with some new rule changes, it's not as as important because you're not out there making. I mean, before they would make lines for a week, you know. Uh, okay, okay. But now I guess there's a 500 foot rule, so you, which is what have, bit the KTM team and the Kawasaki team in the ass at the 250, yeah. correctly, right? Yeah, they they made all. I guess there used to be just virtual checkpoints. And the race, all the hot lines would be from virtual checkpoint to virtual checkpoint, you know, cut through the bushes. But now right. there's 500-foot rule from the course. But it's still pre-running and getting comfortable with going that speed and just knowing everything about your section, which, you know, if you've got a couple hundred-mile section, you've got to spend a lot of time in it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, the, the way that you kind of – the way that you've just described it in past years – is a way that no one's really described it to me before when they've talked about pre-running and that they may be going out there and making their own lines. Um, it kind of Have you ever watched, uh, what is it, the, uh, oh, shoot, no, it's in Virgin, Utah, the Red Bull, oh, I'm drawing a blank. This is horrible. Come uh-huh. on, Steven. Big downhill event. Wow. Oh, that. I'm a downhill guy, too, and I'm totally, like, spacing right now. I've seen the videos. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, those guys are out there for like three or four days beforehand. and they have so many members out there with them, just going crazy building all these lines. Is that kind of, you know, I mean, is that 
how I guess extensive are these lines? Then you know, and obviously we're talking about past stuff. I'm just trying to make it relevant. How yeah. extensive were these lines that they were making, or is um, it just kind of like mental checkpoints of knowing like, oh, there's that tree. I'm going to go by really fast. You know, I'm not sure. Some I think I've heard some of the guys used to do a lot more. You know, spin and make lines kind of like that, or it's just kind of knowing where where you could cut off a couple hundred feet here. You know, or cut, move over. You know, like half a mile and get on a smooth road and then move back over before the checkpoint just so you can save time and stay out of the whoops or, you know, just moving. Around and finding smooth building lines. Right. All right. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. Well, I'm in. Um, I, like I said, I've told to, to multiple people, um, you know, I, I'm slow. Well, you know, I'm slow-ish. I know how to hold the throttle open just enough until my butt puckers, and then I'm slowing the fuck down. Uh, but I'll be on anybody's Baja team. So you guys just let me know. Um, and if nothing else, I'll come pre-run with you guys. I'll be your beer bitch. Uh, you know, it's fine with me. I'm in. I'd ride a yeah. beta. I'm in. That's what. That's that's pretty much the Baja experience is the pre-run. You know, the race is the last part of it. Right. But I've gone down. The last few years with buddies and help i haven't been this year yet but last year i went to 500 and a thousand just to go help help them pre-run drive chase vehicles for them just this is a blast to be down there yeah one day man one day it's going to be fantastic maybe another day for you obviously you'd probably like to do it again i can only imagine so we saw the ktm teams uh coming in second and third obviously we had the thr kawasaki teams having a little bit of trouble just because of the fact that they had so many wrecks going on so it's the Baja 500. We've got the Baja 1000 coming up soon. I think we're going to see, you know, who could kind of gain, I guess, experience as as Nick put it off of what they've learned in the past two, the 250 and the 500, and maybe put it together for the 1000. It looks like the Honda boys, uh, you know, the JCR Honda boys are going to be really tough to beat. Um, and it just it seems like everybody wants to discount them, but they're always there and they're always winning. Um, so I think. I think Nick's got it on the head where the experience is really just starting to shine through for those guys. And uh, that Johnny Campbell, that dude could desert race like a mother. Mm. So he's going to teach the people some how to do some stuff. So if we were to take that and go completely, well, maybe not completely, but maybe 100 to 180 degrees, somewhere in there around the globe, and you were to go to Austria. This past weekend we had the Red Bull Erzberg Enduro. Oh, and by the way, Nick, it's the Red Bull Rampage. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is what happens at Virgin, Utah. I had to Google it. I apologize yeah. to myself and anybody that used to be my friend. Those guys those guys are nuts. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but those are the guys that build their lines and totally ride the crap out of them. So other guys that have no idea what's coming up for the Erzberg stuff, they had snow and like two to three feet of water just on the start of the event this past weekend. We saw guys like Johnny Campbell who won the event last year. He drowned out his bike at the very beginning. A couple more riders were drowning their bike out. Could not even get them started after two to three attempts at, you know, draining the bike, blowing off the spark plug, trying to get it dry, put it back in, get her started, like nothing. So the fact that Graham Jarvis made it through clean, uh, he was on the second row, so he had to go through, you know, at least 50 riders to get up to the front. And then uh, Leckenbichter and Cancero, who were second and third respectively, of course, I mean, that just blows my mind, the fact that those guys can go out there and do that kind of stuff. So did you get a chance to, to pay attention to any of the, the Red Bull Erzberg stuff uh, that's been that's been up yeah. on the Internet? I actually woke up. I don't. I woke up randomly, I think, around 5 in the morning before the big six. I was checking my phone, and 
saw the live feed and watched Graham Jarvis finish with the win. And those guys are just nuts over there too. That just looks super difficult. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Carl's diner? Do you think you would actually want to ride a motorcycle through those rocks? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would. <laughs> yeah. Those, those guys are their trial skills are amazing to get through there. I don't, I'd probably have to have a lot of help to get through that section. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too, because there was one section, um, they showed a lot of guys crashing in the highlights, uh, the year before. Um, in a in a no help zone. So apparently they've been putting out more and more of these no help zones since 2012. So 2012 and this this current year 2013, um, because of the fact that you know the talent pool is just getting so good. All of these trials riders are coming over and riding all this crazy. They're they're able to ride all this crazy terrain so much better that they actually have to put no help zones into these races for this kind of stuff. And it was just it, you watch these guys go through it. And they're just like zoop 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 zoop, and then you watch your average amateur and he's like looping out and bikes upside down and slamming on the ground and it's a no help zone. So he's got to struggle or pick it up. I just, I don't know, man. It just seems like a really shitty way to ruin your motorcycle. Yeah, it looks tough. And then I guess I know those no help zones. I was talking before when I was on the same team as Corey Verfunder, he would say that, uh, the guys like Taddy and all that in the help zones, they would have so many people there just dragging them through. And then he would get there and people would just watch them. <laughs> you're like I, son of a bitch yeah i think that's where a lot of the no help zones are coming from because it it makes it a little more even playing field yeah for sure i mean that's a that's a hell of a good point i wouldn't even have thought about it like that but they you know most likely probably try to edit it in a way that it doesn't exactly show that kind of stuff but coming from a rider's perspective perspective i could definitely see that now being at that you know he's canadian and he's on a a, a husqvarna you know, both of those things may have just been like, well, I'm not touching that thing, you know. Yeah. Those crazy yeah, Europeans. Two negatives going yeah. on. <laughs> Nobody wants that. I mean, seriously, who wants to do that? The, um, Speaking of uh, Husqvarna, do you have any thoughts on this whole, like, Husqvarna-Husaberg, like, merger that's going to be, that is happening? Yeah, I don't know. It just looks like another uh, chaos for Husky. Yeah. Just it's been kind of crazy. I mean, I was with them for three years and they changed people. I went through four or five different bosses in the three years that I was there. And it looks like it's just, maybe it won't, maybe this will help them, but it's been, it seems like they've been, it's been pretty crazy for them. All right. Well, that's definitely a good, a different take on it. Again, I like the fact that you're saying stuff that we haven't really heard too much about. Um, it's, it's hard to get a lot of people to say kind of different things. Obviously you're not going crazy and I understand that, but all right. So it's been kind of hectic past few years with Hosterberg and BMW when they were behind the wheels. See now if, uh, you know, not really KTM, but KTM's owner of his own corporation. Now that he's behind Husqvarna can uh, do something different. I think I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. Um, of course, uh, looking forward to see what's going to happen i want to see how many people out there can make the best white websites possible for themselves so if you were to go try to do that squarespace.com would be the place where you want to do that with squarespace you can make essentially the best and the most exceptional website possible without having to be able to do anything um, except create the content all you have to do is be able to write the blog post you have to be able to pick which pictures you want to use and then put up the videos. After that, they take care of the rest for you. So you don't have to worry about any of the hosting. You don't have to worry about any of the designing or the development. They will do all that for you. Easiest way to create an exceptional website. 
Um, I, we, of course, have a great discount code for you, which saves you 10% off of your purchase. Uh, so it's seat time five, it's or six, because it's June now, so it's the sixth month of the year. So save you 10% using that. Uh, we really appreciate them and their support of seat time. Please go check them out and tell them we said hi. Maybe a high five over the internet to make it a little bit more awesome. Now, Nick, we were talking a little bit about some of the East Coast stuff that goes on. Did you get a chance to see what had happened at the John Pinton this past weekend at the GNCC? Uh, I saw the results. That's about all that I saw. Okay, so we talked a little bit about some of the beta motorcycles that have been coming out and the people that have been riding those and why they've been choosing those bikes. Um, and, and Mullins chose to ride a 350 over his 450 um, at this past race and the, at the at this past weekend at the GNCC there in Millville, Ohio. And he got second place. It uh, was riding really, really good, but Russell was just on it. But Rus- uh, Caleb Russell was on his 350, uh, had a wicked new hairdo, this wicked, crazy mullet thing he had going on. Uh, so first and second were KTM 350s, and then fourth or third was uh, Josh Strang on a 450. Uh, so, you know, Max Gerst has been riding that 350 that Beta has, you know, I mean, is there something to this motorcycle that people just don't want to talk about and that people are still trying to figure out, or are these guys just riding really good on certain weekends? Yeah, I don't know. I've I've only rode a th- the Beta 350 one time, and, and it was good. It feels more like a 250F to me. So I don't know if may I don't know how the train is, you know, over there and that stuff. So maybe the lighter bike and the not as much, you know, torque helps them out in those in the trees and the mud. Yeah, my assumption was that it got really muddy, um, and I know that uh, Mullins rode his 450 at um, Kentucky at the Tough Mudder, as uh, Jim Kenyon liked to call it, and he didn't really have that great of a race, and so I think that being on the 350 now, he maybe maybe wanted to try to see if that would uh, help him a little bit more in the muddy conditions that they had at Pinton this past weekend. Um, so with with Russell getting first place obviously and Mullins or Mullins getting second place he didn't chip away at too many championship points that Mullins has accumulated but Mullins now has 184 uh series points going into uh round 8 and then Russell has 170 so he's still got some time to make up you know he's had a couple he hasn't had any bad bad races like he did last year where it just you know didn't get any points but at the same time um you know he just he just needs to beat Mullins more to really make that kind of happen. And Duval had a horrible race, um, unfortunately, to mechanicals, something to do with his rear shock. So I'd imagine when that happens, mm-hmm. you know, your rear shock just goes out. There's really no, like, my rear shock felt funny, so I blame it on my rear shock. There's, like, there's, there's really no other way to look at it except that. So he's got third-place points with 126 going into round eight. Now, if you look at the XC2 class, uh, do you guys are there any series out there that you've done that that, that break up uh, essentially the pro class into you know like a like a pro and a pro lights? Um, not really. Everything we do, like the National Iron Hounds, is open pro, and then they'll have like 250 expert and and open expert classes, and then Works has like a pro lights class, but right. they all ride 450s anyway. It's more of a amateur. It's not a bike size. Okay. Well, um, yeah, we, we've heard some kind of back and forth a little bit about the, the XC1 versus XC2 class and stuff in the GNCC series. So I just didn't know if in some of those series that you've raced on the West Coast, if you had kind of any input on, you know, whether 
I guess there's any any real reason to kind of keep these two classes around. I get, I just kind of think there is. I just I, I think that sometimes people just need that extra practice. When you go to the speeds of a professional class, it gets faster, and you have to learn that speed, and you have to learn how to compete at that level. Um, and I really think that sometimes there's there's kind of needs to be that that little bit of that introductory class to get you there. Yeah, we've been talking to maybe try to get the national iron hound to do like a pro two class for 250 two strokes 250 f's or because we have some kids on our on our team that finished top 10 overall last year so now they're considered a pro and they race in this in against uh kurt you know and got us like people like us and there's almost you know for teams there's nowhere for them to go as far as rides if we if our team already has two or three pros you know, so we need a pro two class or a 250 pro class, something for to make kind of like a stepping stone. Yeah. All right. Well, see, it's interesting. And now that's a, that completely makes a lot of sense to me who thinks that there should be that kind of a, that kind of a stepping stone class, exactly uh, the way that you put it. Um, you know, there's people that don't agree with that, but hey, everybody's got an opinion and that's uh, why we're Americans, right? Woo! America. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always fun. Uh, so XC2 class though, the GNCCs, uh, we got to see Grant Baylor do an amazing job this past weekend. Nick Davis coming in second place and, uh, Zach Nolan in third and Baylor on a KTM on his brother's on, I said that wrong, not on his brother's bike. He's still under the, he's not a full factory KTM like his brother was supposed to be. He's on the, the KTM support team, but he's just kicking butt, man. He's just going with DeLong kind of having an injury and not not really, you know, racing, not really racing, uh, it, it's kind of you know, leaving the door open for guys like Baylor and Thomas to make up a lot of points right now, which they're doing. So Baylor's coming through right now with 154 points. Uh, first place, Thomas and 135. And then DeLong now is in third place with 121. Um, it, it's interesting that DeLong didn't race. Um, we're going to try to figure out when he's going to come back and what's going on, it's just, you know, he's that blood in the water kind of guy. We've said it. We've talked to a lot of riders that have said it. Uh, when he's ready to to come back and be healthy, it's going to be interesting because I have a feeling that he is going to be just, you know, a great white swimming in the middle of bloody water. He is just going to kind of try to tear it up and find the meat and make it happen. It might be dirty. I don't know. Some of us might be into that, so it's okay. I don't know. Well, there was some other stuff that happened this past weekend at the GNCC that was interesting. Lane Michael, we were trying to have him on the night. We got in touch with him a little too late. Got the uh, whole shot. Paul Wibley with another whole shot. He did a lot better this past weekend, so hopefully he's getting healthy. Uh, didn't seem to fade as much. Uh, Strain just got him around there right there at the end. Oh, my gosh. Uh, as much professional as you can get. I just yawned alive on the Internet. Jesus. Well, you know what, Nick? You haven't made fun of me at all this evening, so... Is no. there any, anything about me that sucks that you just wish was different? You know, I'm just I'm just a nice guy, so I don't make fun of people too much. I like that. I like that. That's just get okay. along with everyone. Good man. And see, that's yeah. what. Do you find that a lot of people that you race with are like that, or do you see it's like kind of that's just not the case? Uh, you know, more desert racing is kind of everyone's. We're all chatting on the starting line. You know. It, I mean, maybe it's because it's not too, such close racing. You're not out there banging bars usually with people. So, I mean, we all pretty much get along more than you see, like, you know, at the local motocross track or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, grew, I grew up racing motocross, so I've seen both sides. Yeah. 
And it's interesting. Well, you you grew up racing motocross. Did you get a chance to watch uh, the outdoors from this past weekend? Uh, yeah, I watched the first motos. Okay. Did you get to hear and listen to Ryan Villapoto and Blake Baggett, and then of course Chad Reed uh, after the fact, like just totally bagging on the track and shit. I saw. I watched Villapoto bag on it after the first moto, saying how he pretty much just hated it. So yeah. I don't know. It looked pretty good to me, but I, I, I'm not going to disagree. I thought it looked great. Now again, I am not on that level, and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, never will be. Don't ever want to be. Um, I just, I just think that there's something to the fact that that when you show up and race somewhere, just race, just, just, it is what it is. And you could see, I think, where they widen the track and some of the turns. Now, being that this has been the first time that they've been there since like '97 uh, on the southeast, not just that specific track, um, it might be hard for that kind of a landowner and that promoter to understand exactly the needs of some and the speed of some of these guys and how you know and when these turns how far out they need to go to actually be able to carry that speed consistently but um i don't know dude it kind of almost makes them kind of bitchy like yeah i I, I don't really know what he was complaining about too i mean maybe he had some you know he's out there risking his life so maybe he felt that it was you know coming back at him or yeah that's putting, true putting him in danger for some reason yeah and i know i think one of the things he talked about too is being able to pass and it's like he came from like 16th back to third i was like that seems like he did a pretty good job passing to me yeah um, but it could be exactly what you just said that in a lot of those situations he made the pass but it just was so for him 110 percent past you know a safety limit that once he got done with it it was like i just can't believe i made i had i had because he wanted to be on the podium. I, can't yeah, yeah. I had to make 10 passes where I felt like I was risking my life. Yeah, he could have just been pissed off because yeah. he felt that he was close to being injured or something. You know, it costs him a lot of money if he gets hurt. That's true. And it's not money that I have. I can't pay him that kind of money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Whatever. Millions of dollars just going everywhere. So we have coming up, before we kind of get into what's coming up and, and kind of closing out and just talking about some of the stuff that's coming up for Nick and what he's going to be involved with, uh, I def- definitely wanted to tell everybody that you can find Seat Time on all kinds of different fun places. So you can listen to us on Stitcher and iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. Of course, you can get all the archives, either be it uh, just listening or just watching, um, on our site, which is seattime.co. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's we, we're kind of trying to figure that out. Like if people like to watch, if people like to listen, uh, what they want to do more of, uh, we just want to, to know. So hit us up. Of course, you can find us all over the place. The website, you can hit us up at seattime.co. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter on all those fun places. We just want you to find us. We'll talk about some of those links just in a little bit. Um, of course, uh, our third, our third sponsor of the show. We don't like to have too many. We want to have a very good, uh, collective, partnership with all these people is uh, power sports graphics so ridepg.com is the website where you can find them uh they make phenomenal graphics um and and they want to work with you they want to help you make a custom graphic to support not just maybe the team that you're on but a lot of who you are as a rider um there's obviously a lot of a lot of privateers a lot of local racers that want to put a little bit of their selves themselves into the bikes that they ride um, and so you already get to choose the color, you get to choose the manufacturer, you get to choose the bore and the stroke and all that kinds of fun stuff. Um, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, I've got these graphics that are on there from the fact from the factory. You don't want those. You want something that's a little bit more in tune with who you are. You can call them up. You can go talk to them off their website, and you can save 10% when you order it by using the discount code SEATTIME. So S-E-A-T-T-I-M-E. 
And of course, if you just want to try to get one of their awesome uh, already made up graphics, you can go pick that out and you could choose the ready to ship option and that's going to save you 40% off of the retail price that's on the site. Uh, order it before 11 a.m. Eastern time, ship the same day. Boom! I think that's uh, all of those are fantastic ways to not only have bitching graphics for your motorcycle, but uh, good ways to save money. So please go check them out, ridepg.com. So Nick, um, tell us what some of the big things coming up for you just in the immediate future. Uh, and then, of course, where people can find you when they want to talk to you on the Internet uh, and, uh, you know, make fun of your hair, tell you your hair looks awesome, you know, take you out on a date, uh, you know, offer you a job, whatever. Um, this weekend, we have a dual European scramble in Lucerne, uh, just a local District 37 desert race. Uh, race Saturday, Sunday. It's about there. It's a 13 mile loop, usually three lap, three or four laps. So kind of shorter race, but I mean, it's going to be probably 100 degrees. I think I race at noon both days. So that's going to be hot as balls. Yeah, I uh, I was in Vegas today, riding all all day. Uh, doing some testing on like, the 498. Like Las Vegas? Yeah, that's where our team's based out of. So you train in Las Vegas? Uh, we're in Henderson, but... Do I you guys... Is it up. in a casino? No, that would be oh, pretty nice. So. That would be pretty cool, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we just were trying to get some more uh, feedback on the bikes. You know, we have some data acquisition stuff we put on it. Oh, cool. So... Just trying. I mean, they're still new to us, so. Yeah, no. And uh, that data acquisition stuff that you guys are doing, is that through Pervine's Racing, or is that something that's coming more specific from beta that you guys uh, are doing for them? It's it's kind of a joint thing. Okay. Uh, it's more we're trying to do, do temperatures, see what temperature settings are, see what, you know, just trying to get more feel for the bike, you know, coming up into the hotter months, trying to just be prepared. We have a National Heron Hound in Reno, July 13th. That's supposed to be more of a almost in a, more of an extreme event and mm-hmm. it's going to be super hot so just trying to get as much prepared before then as we can yeah and doing a bunch of data acquisition on a motorcycle especially when it comes to heat uh would be very intelligent if you were trying to have a baja team yeah just yeah we're just trying to just <laughs> get prepare for anything everything uh yeah absolutely in a couple weeks we have the 12 hour i think or now it's a 10 hour of Glen helen yep um it's going to be on the on the one the beta 300 is going to be myself uh ryan abitoy and bobby garrison on the team so we're going to go there and try to bring home the win there for beta that's awesome so uh ryan abitoy you talking he's uh, one of your good friends is he at this point in time just such a privateer that he's kind of jumping around on different bikes because obviously he was on a ktm this past weekend uh with kendall norman was that he's i mean is he just out there badass dude ride for fun yeah, pretty much. I mean, he has a Cowie 450 himself that he's been doing some of the works races that he can make it to. Right. Uh, he actually has his own graphic company he just started up. And then uh, he's just kind of doing whatever. He raced a, a race for us not that long ago. And then so you might see him doing some more stuff with uh, Pervines Racing here in the future, hopefully. Wicked, man. That's really, really cool. So 10 hours of Glen Helen coming up. Apparently it's not 12 anymore. going to be a 12-hour in the, in the near future, though, of course. Um, looking forward to seeing those results. Um, one of the people that we always like to say thank you to as well is Verb Off-Road. I don't know if a lot of people know that they help us out a lot. They get us in touch with different people, um, all the racers out there. And then, of course, you know they, they, they let us kind of share a lot of information. So obviously the picture that we shared of Dick and stuff like that, very, very um, awesome relationship, which we really appreciate. So thanks, Verb Off-Road, for all your help. Of course, because this is C-Time. C-Time's a pint full of awesome. Nick, 
if people wanted to awesomely hit you up on the internet, how would they do so? Um, email's the easiest. It's nick657 at gmail. It's very and, generic. I like yeah. it. It's easy to uh, remember. Pretty much everything else, my Twitter, my Instagram's all nick657. So that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. I like it. Do you have Instagram? Yeah. Big Instagrammer. Are you? I'm going to... We're going to be friends really quickly. Perfect. <laughs> it's going to happen. So, as we were talking about just a little bit ago, this has been Seat Time. Seat Time is definitely a pint full of awesome. We like to talk to as many off-road racers as we can get our hands on, uh, and that Skype will allow us to Skype in, if you will, because of the fact that internet connection is so hard to come by for some strange reason uh, when you live in a very suburban area in Texas. Uh, it, it's as interesting, I guess, as you can make it. Um, we want to talk to them about race, racing results that have been coming up, what they did to get to where they're at and where they're going to be going. So if anybody out there really wants to talk to a rider, please let us know. Reach out to us. Uh, you can get it to us. Uh, seattime.co is the website, again, where you can find all the archived information, all the news that we find really, really relevant or just awesome. Um, we, we post more about the show, obviously, than we do a lot about the news. We let Off-Road Viking, Verb Off-Road, and Digital Off-Road handle a lot of that. Um, you can come here to learn about the show, listen to all the riders that you think are fantastic, and uh, and be off-road enthusiasts. That's what we'd love you guys to do. Uh, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash seat time. Of course, is a URL there. Please uh, like us. Be our friend. Uh, share all your adventures with us. That's what we want to know about. We like talking about what a lot of our fans have gone through. We're almost to 1,000 fans. Uh, may seem arbitrary to some people, but to us, that actually means a lot. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Of course, Twitter, twitter.com slash seat time. We just made it over 500 uh, people that I don't know follow us yeah follow us on Twitter I'm trying to think of like the actual active function that goes along with that so they're following us on Twitter um, I will tweet you at any time except between the times that I'm sleeping I actually turn my phone completely off because for the longest time I didn't um, and people actually woke my ass up because my phone like vibrated next to my head and it woke me up. I'm not doing that shit anymore for you people uh, but just tweet us real hard, twitter.com slash seatime underscore CO. And we like to have a fun time. Remember, this is Seat Time. It's always a pint full of awesome. It's the best time out there on the internet when you talk about off-road and being fantastically good people. Nick, we really, really appreciate your time. I, we have been working really hard to make this happen. Uh, yeah. You've had, obviously, a lot of full-time jobs <laughs> that have uh, been keeping you away. So I'm really glad that you uh, had a week off to not just rest and relax, but uh, as well be on seat time. So we really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, thanks for uh, just helping me out and getting my name out there. I love it. It's going to be, we're going to do it as much as possible. Uh, next time there's a beta ride day, you let me know. I'll come tear ass with you guys after my rehab for my surgery and we'll keep having fun. You know what I'm saying? All right, will do. All right. Seat time. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace.